Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash. It's been a month or so since our last episode and we finally got confirmation of Aaron Rodgers joining the Jets. Tom Brady still retired and Jalen Hurts has recently become the highest paid player in NFL history. Very well deserved if anyone deserves to be paid $51 million a year. A slightly different pre-draft episode for you this week uh, with a very special guest that I'll come on to shortly. But wherever you're listening, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you follow the channel, give us a rating, and even better still, if you can give us a review as well. Right, that's it from just me. On we go. Alright, so here we go. Pre-draft episode. Um, As always, joined by Charlesworth and Scully. Scully, how are you, mate? Enjoy Wembley at the weekend with Sheffield United? Good, mate, yeah. Good weekend. Um, good day out. Not the result we were looking for, but no shame in uh, in the performance. So, uh, yeah, not bad. Good. Hopefully that's the last trip of, for Wembley for United uh, this season and it's not, not a case of playoffs. And uh, So, yeah, all been, all been well. Uh, and Charlesworth, how are you, mate? Not seen you since, what, Sunday morning at the wedding? All recovered? Still a bit ropey, to be honest. Definitely <laughs> worked my way through too many gins. Um, yeah, but I, I'll get there hopefully by tomorrow. That sounds promising. Well, hopefully in the next five minutes as well, you'll be uh, up and rowing to go. That'd be nice. Um, but but uh, special guest for this episode. So so Liam Liam Albert. So part of our fantasy league and college football expert. So you finished eleventh out of twelve in our fantasy league last season. Now. <laughs> I think well, that's not a dig because I think you're better than that, and I don't think that you were giving it your best effort. Um, maybe, maybe that's more of the college football interest last season, um, as well as as well as a Forty ers fan. Indeed. So, so yeah, so so fantasy football last season, what went on? Why were you eleventh? <laughs> uh, I bet on the bon- on the Broncos. Scully in the corner will uh, laugh because I told him my picks before. Uh, I went <laughs> on uh, Russell Wilson. I thought he were. Uh, I thought with the uh, with Sutton and Judy, and I thought he got plenty of weapons, a decent O line. I thought the Broncos went as so I went in quite hard on the Broncos, and we all know what happened there. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he just went bad, and then yeah, you, they've got two or three players and trying to recover, and yeah, they, they, they were just they were just. It's the hope that kills you, really, I'm afraid. I was waiting for him to come back, and he never did. And then that's that. <laughs> well, I have a feeling that, I guess, well, I think the Broncos will be a lot better this season. But, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I have a feeling that you might be as well. Um, but thanks for coming on uh, this episode. And I guess with the draft just around the corner, that's why we wanted you on, really, as that college, college expert and for your college football knowledge. So just before we get into the thick of it before this this season's draft um what is it about college football that you love so much and i mean have you got a team i have indeed yeah i'm a uh, i'm a tar heel north carolina tar heel fan uh it was just the first first football first college football game decided to have a look see what it were about uh, heard a lot of good things from people i played i played uh, for a few seasons in sheffield a lot of people were talking about it thought well i'll give this a go and I just, I just fell in love with, it. I fell in love with it. Absolutely did. I absolutely love college football, the diversity of the schemes. Everyone says the NFL is a copycat league, which it is. Everybody does one thing next week. Everybody's got at least one version or not in the playbook, whether it's offense, defense, whatever they're doing. College is so much. Whether you're in a three-three-five defense, you I mean you've got spread up. It's just, it's just so varied, varied. And I also feel like a lot of the kids that play play for the love of the game. They're not getting paid. Obviously, the NCAA rules are what they are. They don't get paid, and they are genuinely putting the the bodies and on the line to, to try and make make a future. And a lot of them aren't ever going to get drafted. What is it, two hundred and fifty, two hundred and seventy people probably ever going to get picked up out of the thousands that are playing? Uh, I, I, I just got to look. You got to love the commitments, and you've got to. I mean, there's a lot of talent on show, and it just means so much to these young, you know, the, the young men from being eighteen to twenty two, twenty three. Again, I've coached at that level. I've coached at that age group, and. It's, it's a very important. It's, it's just it's just a big part of people's lives, even in this country, let alone for these people, whether at Alabama or Georgia or even at, at the smaller schools. It's just it's just a massive part of their life, and I, I, I just enjoy watching the sidelines. I enjoy watching the thing, and that the fans are just absolutely crazy for it over there. You look at Death Valley with 125,000 people, biggest sports stadium. It's just huge. It's just it's just immense to watch. 
Yeah, it's, it, I think for everything that you've just said there, yeah, it does look and it's an incredible spectacle. I know there's an interview, I think, with Deion Sanders recently and he said he'd, he'd never coach in NFL, not with kind of the egos, not with the money, not when they don't want it as much. You've got all everything else to play into it. But like you say, kind of you've, you're developing young men. They really want to play. They, they just want to get on the field, do whatever they can. So it's... Um, so, yeah, it's real interesting, uh, I guess, not having a team to follow. And, and there have been so many different universities, different colleges that it's difficult to keep track of, unlike maybe the, the same 32 teams in the NFL, which is hence why I guess you're on, which is which is great to pick your brains when it comes to the draft this season. So let's start off with with kind of putting a bit of a fantasy spin on it, if you can. So. Let's start with wide receivers. So wide receivers coming out of the draft, rookie wide receivers do tend to be a bit of a fetish for schooling, or they were last season anyway. <laughs> so, um, so so give us a few wide receivers in this draft that, um, that that are worth looking out for in fantasy football next season. Uh, the wide receiver draft isn't actually bad. Again, this is like the second year in a row where you've got some serious, like some serious actual players coming out. Uh, I would say I would put Wilson and Alave last year higher than anybody, I'm afraid, in this draft. But and Jigba coming out of Ohio State's got to be number one. If he'd have come out in 2021, he wasn't actually eligible. He had a his, his season was unreal. I mean, he, he was he far outplayed Wilson and Alave. If he'd have come out there, he'd have, he'd have been easily a top eight, maybe even a top five pick. The guy, the guy can just run routes. He does. He just catches anything. You know what I mean? He's just he's just an absolute baller. He really, really is. He knows what he's doing. The downside on him is obviously he got injured early last season. He hasn't played now for, I think he's been coming up to nearly six, seven months. He's not worked. He has worked out a little bit, so there is a bit of a knock. But it, the, the guy's going to go top fifteen. He's a very, very good pick up at Ohio State. They just they just churn out receivers at the moment. They're just a conveyor belt for people coming out of that college at wide receiver. So, a fantasy perspective, he's he's got to, he's got to be depending obviously where he goes to. I've, I've got him going to the Texans. But that's 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 how it goes. You know what I mean whoever you go, you've, you've got you've got to work out who the quarterback's going to be at that point. But the, the guy the guy's going to be a ten year starter in the NFL. He, he, he can you know what I mean the, the talent's just too much to for him to bust. In my personal opinion, he's just, he just he's the safest receiver for me in the draft. And I guess if he does go to someone like a te- the Texans, who either, it'll be they got maybe a weak quarterback in Davis Mills, or they get a rookie quarterback, he's probably going to be their number one receiver from week one. You'd have thought, um, even if he gets put on a, a what a decent established team, he's going to be even a wide receiver two, three. But he, it sounds like he's that good that that he could have a decent impact and maybe worth picking up. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The guy, the guy, as I say, he goes, he goes to your, your, your top half teams, if you will. He, he, he's probably going to walk in at wide receiver one. He really is. The, the guy's very, very talented young man. Hopefully the injuries aren't hasn't taken too much effect on his legs. Obviously the workouts you only see certain bits over here. Obviously they, they they'll obviously know a lot more over there. But yeah, the, the guys the guys' hands are undoubted. The season they put together it was ridiculous. It really was. It really was. It was it was crazy good. Them three receivers were just uncoverable. They really were. As he played, sorry, as he as he played since. The injury because is it no he got no he, he got injured at the beginning and I think he's I think his stats last season he's, he's got maybe I think he played maybe two games and then he hasn't played since so he's he's coming off he's coming off twenty twenty one film at the moment which don't go wrong as I say it was top five film if he, if he could have declared last season he would have declared last season and as I say he would have gone uh, as high as as high as anybody would have taken it's, it's, it was a, it was an unbelievable season for him and I mean that that, that offense was just. Absolutely terrifying. No, you mean Stroud? Stroud was the quarterback then. We'll probably talk about it a bit later. And it, it, it was it was it was just an absolute joy to watch. At times you've got you had four, five, maybe even six first round picks on an offense, which obviously you don't even get that in the NFL a lot of the times. It was it was an absolute joy to watch at times. Do you think he's going to be straight back on it in terms of picking him up for fantasy, or do you think he's somebody just to see where he goes? And see whether uh, they sort of break him in gently, um, so to speak. I I would say I would say with with with, with the talk of the draft community, I'm I'm a member of quite a few like websites and forums and bits and pieces chat rooms. 
the, the, the buzz is the guy's ready to go. He's absolutely jumping. He, he's apparently got a good arrogance about him, which a lot of people like in a wide receiver. You've got to be, you get that Odell Beckham type of vibe from him. You know what I mean? He, 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 he thinks he's the number one already. He's, he's, he's already coming in saying, well, I'm the best receiver in the league and that's just how it is. You better pick me because otherwise you're going to regret it. Some people have said that and busted, but the, the, the guy looks the, the guy looks the real deal. To be honest, he's, he's going to be a, he's going to be a thousand yard receiver for the next five six seasons if he drops on if he, again if he drops on the right place. I would say with these type of injuries, it's not like an ACL or or a knee destruction or anything like that. There's no PCL involved. It, it's I I, I he, he just I think he's going to hit the ground running. Training camp will obviously show a bit more, but yeah, I, I think he's going to be there or thereabouts. Absolutely. Excellent. So that's that's the first one off the board. For wide receivers, who else do you like? Uh, you've got to go Quentin Johnston from TCU. The, the guy, the guy's just 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 just, a, just an absolute mountain of a man. He's huge. He averaged over seventeen yards per catch last season. Went for nearly a thousand yards. TCU got to the first ever playoff final, probably on the back of him. You know what I mean? He, he, he's just so fast. The guy's six four, two ten, prototypical wide receiver. He's actually having quite a quiet draft build up. I personally thought he was going to be the number one receiver. If I'm honest, I, I did. I, I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be in Jigbarat to be probably the first receiver drafted. So I, I think he's been a little bit undervalued. He's, he's a big guy. He's very very quick. He, I, I think he could seriously. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a guy to watch. He might even go third, fourth. There's a couple of very good receivers. A couple of slot receivers who may go before him. But he, he, to me, to me straight away, he's got he's got a Tony style body. You know what I mean? He's very big, very fast. But I don't think he's got the drop problems or the attitude problems that Tony's got. I know they're talking about him first round, aren't they? But towards the end of the first round, yeah. I mean, where, where do you see him going, and and who to? At the end of the day, he could you could go probably as early as somewhere like Green Bay. They could, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they're going in with Jordan Love this season. You haven't got Aaron Rodgers to bail out, for want of better terminology, it's a mediocre receivers. You need some. The, the, the Packers need to give Jordan Love some talent on that offensive front. They need to give him some weapons, or else uh, I mean, he could go as high as that if he, if he falls to somewhere. And God forbid he falls somewhere like Kansas, because you don't need to give him any. You don't need to give Patrick any more weapons. Any guy, he's just basically a six foot four versus the Tyree Kill, and that's just not going to be fun for anybody, unless you're a Chiefs fan, obviously. Which good luck. <laughs> so the Packers are drafting at thirteen now, aren't they? After the uh, the trade with they are indeed, the Jets. Yeah. Okay, so quite quite early then. Yeah, as I say, the the first round is you've got some very you've got you've got a couple of very elite talents at the top of the draft, and then you've got quite a lot of people, probably twenty, maybe even down to your mid twenties, where they're all a very very similar, probably talent level. So it, it, the, the draft is is one of the most open drafts I've seen. The top the top ten over the last month must have changed every, every day, almost daily. It really has. So there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent there. And I think it's going to be very, very what, very, very situational, and very much what the team drafting needs, rather than a lot of people like the Lions, etc. In the in the past, the Ravens have always gone best player available. They might they might lean a little bit more towards actual situational needs. It would be very good fitting in, in uh, Baltimore to give somebody to, to uh, take a bit of pressure off Lamar when he's running around, somebody to get deep, get open. He's, he's, he's ridiculously fast for a man of his size. He really is. He's a uh, is a very, very good. Uh, well, I think I think he's going to be a very good pro. That could work with uh, with Beckham going down to Baltimore as well to take a little bit of focus off of Beckham because that's an issue that I see there. One that I'm not really concerned about, but um, definitely an issue. I think with with Beckham being a number one now, I don't think he is a number one. I think he needs somebody else in that offense to take that that volume or that focus off him. Yeah, absolutely, and he's, he's the guy to do it. OBJ is probably not going to have at thirties coming off bad injuries. He's probably not going to have the legs he had as when he went, when he was at the Giants or maybe even at the Rams later on. I think he could probably do an Anquan Bolden style job now at the Ravens. I think he's going to be much more of a ten fifteen yard type of receiver, get the ball in his hands, and if he makes somebody miss, great. But he's going to catch it. You I mean his, his hands won't have changed? Maybe the legs aren't what they were, but you need the. I think you need the guy like like they tried with Brown, you know, Hollywood Brown, to try and get somebody to stretch the field, take that little bit, you know, take. And there's moments of time people, people against the Ravens are putting eight, nine men in the box because they know what's coming with Lamar. If you can get a guy who's six foot four, two ten on the on the outside who's going to blitz past somebody, 
you can't leave him on man-to-man coverage, otherwise he's just going to make you look silly all day. Good stuff. So, Quentin Johnson, the second name that you've made, that you've picked up. Uh, and who's the last wide receiver? Who's the third one that you want to you wanna call out? Well, the, the, the third one is, it's a very boom or bust, so I wasn't sure, but he's a guy who's very, very diverse in the uh, community at the moment. He's Hyatt, the guy, the Bilitnikoff award winner for the best wide receiver last season in college football from Tennessee. I'm one of the people who's not as high, but there is a, there's a chance he sneaks at the end of the uh, at the end of the first round. Currently talking, I personally see him as a little bit of a one trick pony. He's a very again, he's a very very fast guy. Uh, he run a lot of nines, deep goal routes for Tennessee. Finished the season with thirteen plus your thirteen hundred plus yards, hundred catches, fourteen touchdowns. Fully deserving to win the uh, best receiver in college award. He played very very well. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think he could sneak into the later. I mean, the later rounds. There's a lot. There's a lot of receiver talent this year. A lot of receiver talent. There will be people that I say that go. I think before him, but I reckon in fantasy value, he's going to be one that you're going to be looking at. Maybe your second round. You know, if you're drafting middle of the second, maybe even towards the end of the second, he may be one to have a look at and go. Yeah, he could be definitely one to have a look at. For, I don't think he's going to walk on. I don't think he's going to be a game one starter. But I think once he learns a little bit, a few more routes, gets a little bit of chemistry with a quarterback, anybody with a decent arm, he could definitely, he could definitely work uh, to a, to a very, very high level. But I say the only thing with me is he doesn't for Tennessee. They just relied purely on his speed, so he didn't run. He didn't run any slants. He didn't get any ins or outs. So he didn't use a lot of what the root tree. He did. He, he just he basically just outpaced people. And it'd be interesting to see how he goes up against NFL cornerbacks who are the same or are as big or as physical or are as fast as he is. See whether he can go. Because if he does, again, you've got you've got an you've got an absolute superstar. Somebody could be definitely getting a steal towards the end of the first, beginning of the second with him. If you think for <clears throat> maybe GMs that are I don't know, uh, like to play it a bit safe, there's there's nothing safer, I guess, than than drafting someone who's been named the best wide receiver in college football. Um Absolutely. I mean we saw it what was it the first game I think that like Christian Watson played last season, even like was it even like the first snap? It was just a go route. He just went and and I guess once you go, you throw to him maybe twice a game, even if it misses there's that threat there. So, so yeah, interesting and, and good to call out, not someone that I've seen at all. And like you say, it's interesting to to get someone like that that's not demanding the headlines. It's not maybe the the Hollywood, the spotlight player. So, uh, so someone like that is interesting as well. Okay, so moving on to running backs. So running backs, I guess, have a bit of a mixed uh, mixed outcome when it comes to fantasy football in the rookie season. Um, the likes of Brees Hall, after the first couple of games, uh, was electric for fantasy football until his injury. Um, Brian Robinson a little bit last season, and then it broke out with the likes of Damian Pierce, and then Pacheco as well for the Chiefs, but albeit more so, uh, more so in the playoffs uh, in real football, I guess, than fantasy football. Um, so looking at this year's, then uh, which running backs do you like the look of? Uh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, messing about on me. Uh, to me, the best player in the entire draft is a running back. Uh, I've spoken to spoken to Scully about him quite a lot. He is the best running back prospect. Maybe Saquon Barkley coming out of Penn State was was up there, and that's Bijan Robinson out of Texas. The the guy is an absolute machine. He just hammers people. He can run. I honestly think he's got the best pass catching hands in the entire draft, including the wide receivers. He he plays the game, and it's a throwback to many many years ago. Very very similar to Marshall Falk. The guy can literally do anything. He can hit people. He makes people miss. He can catch. He can even hit. He can even block, which rookie running backs never block coming out of college because they're not asked to. Your superstars, I want to. He's a guy who wants to hit people. You you can tell the guy loves the physical part of the game. He likes to hit people. He, he, he's 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 a, he's a home. He's, he, to me, he's he's my number one on my on my draft board. And whoever gets him, and and there's a there's a big debate. There's even debate for a long time of him going three to to, the, to Arizona. Because he's he's that good running backs obviously aren't taken as highly nowadays, which because the, the people just usually do it by committee now. You don't get the feature backs that you used to ten, fifteen years ago. So the value, the, the position has been, de, been devalued. But the guy's an absolute superstar. He's, he's an absolute home run. Uh, I, in in college, Albert. Sorry, but so how does it work? 
Because I guess in the NFL, like any even a decent running back, I guess they'd have to have a decent offensive line. They'd have to have a decent maybe pass threat at times for him to make sense. Did he have any of that, or was it a case of just a screen to him, or just hand it off to him, and he'd find uh, a way t- to get through, run over people, no matter what? Texas, Texas this season had a bit of a revival. They had a decent team. They had a very, very good backfield. They had Bijan, who was, as I say, I can watch lyrical about him all days, an absolute superstar. They had, they had some good thinking, but it, it wasn't even it wasn't just to feed the guy and let him go, feed the guy and let him go. But they had, they had, they had a decent team. But they've also had uh, Sean Johnson, who was the number two back, who was, who was, who was I'll speak about a little bit later on, but. Yeah, he's, he, he, he can just he, you can just tell them for you can just tell the difference. They aren't playing against NFL caliber defenses every you know, days every week. They're not. I mean, some of the days they're playing against might have one two prospects, maybe no prospects. It's only when you get to your Alabamas, your LSU's, Georgia, where they're just absolutely loaded with NFL talent, and that's when you'll be even against even even the big games this season. He's just he dominates. I think he had, I think he had over six yards of carry. You know, and everybody knew where the ball was going, and he still just made people miss, made people and just just absolutely punish people. As I say, he's one of the best. He to me he is the best prospect in this draft. Great. Well, hopefully he does fall to the Eagles at ten. I know there's lots of uh, things that I'm following, and in fairness, I bet there's probably lots of others that other teams are following that want someone like that. They want they want the headline, um, someone like him. Um, cool. Okay, so he seems to be one that's getting talked about a lot as well. So. Who else? Which other running backs? Uh, the second one, who again a little bit like Dunstan Warren for the wide receivers, not getting a lot of lot of, lot of love because of because of Bijan, is Jamar Gibbs from Alabama. Again, the guy this season came in from Georgia Tech. Obviously, Georgia Tech aren't what they once were. They're not the same thing. He was a number one back. Came into Alabama via the portal and beat out three five star recruits who had already played for Alabama for a couple of seasons. Beat them out. Average over six yards a carry. You know I mean, nine hundred, I think nine hundred and fifty plus yards, eight nine touchdowns, had fifty receptions, which in an Alabama team, the running backs don't catch the ball very much, so he's very very unheard of. To get that, I've I've got him again towards the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, but he's actually number five on my big board. The guy's a very very talented young man. You, you mean he, he can really? He's a home run hitter. Not scared of contact, but he's not he's not the biggest back in the world. He's a three down back, but if if, if he gets some space, he's gone. You ain't catching him. Yeah, that sounds great. And again, a kind of a good recipe for a fantasy running back as well. Um, and then third, third running back? The third one, I'm going to go with uh, Rashad Johnson, the second running back from Texas. Uh, as I say, he played behind Bijan. Uh, he played just spelling him. He, he'll come out, I reckon he'll get probably, you're talking maybe fourth, third, fourth round looking. So a little bit deeper into the draft. But the guy in spells, you know what I mean? He come in, he still averaged over five and a half yards of carry. You know, I mean, he, the guy was a very, very talented. Any, I would say, eighty percent of the teams in college football, if he'd have been there, he would have been the number one back. But you were playing again. I say, he was playing about behind the best prospects in this draft, and I think, I think he's again, he's another one who's not getting any love because of his teammate. And he, he seems, he, from all the talk, he seems a very genuinely nice man. You know, I mean, he, he's happy for Bijan to get all the uh, all the plaudits. He just goes about his business. Does his workout? Did he had a good good combine? Everybody were really impressed. All the apparently people who interviewed him very very impressed with him. So as I say, just an honest, hard working man who basically he's going to be a two down back. He's a bit more of a physical back, but apparently a bit, a bit, I'm hearing a lot of good things from. Him. There's nobody got a bad word to say about him. Apparently, like I say, a very very talented man. Unfortunately, hasn't got the tape because of Bijan that he needs to put together a, a second round draft pick, maybe even a third. But I reckon he's going to be very, very undervalued. Because, and again, also, he's not got many miles on his legs because he's not got the two, three, four hundred carries coming out of college. He's, he's fresh. If he's, if, I mean, the, the talent's obviously there, otherwise he won't get drafted. There won't be two backs coming out of the same uh, college team. So the, the, them reps, not having them reps in the legs, a lot of teams value that very, very highly in their mid-rounds. Because, again, the day they've, that's, if, you, if you've only had... 100 instead of 400 runs that's 300 hits you've not taken you've not had the injuries you've not had the knocks and the, the bits and pieces the broken fingers that you don't get here reported you know dislocations and things that don't get reported in the media so much so a lot less wear and tear on that young man so you've you've sold Bijan to me anyway you yeah you had me at Marshall Falk I mean he's <laughs> obviously part he's obviously part of the uh, well one of the greatest offenses that I've seen and one of the reasons that I love the sport but um, 
In terms of comparisons, then, like you've like you've given us for Bijan, who would you compare the other two? Is there any NFL prospects? Uh, uh, not prospects, sorry, vets that you you can liken them to. See, uh, Rashad Johnson for me, the second guy from Texas, is is very much like a Todd Gurley. I don't think with the injury issues that Gurley had, he's maybe not got quite as much top end, but he he, he just he, he's, he's like a bowling ball. He just he just bounces and he hits people and moves and hits people and moves. He ain't going to run anybody away. Don't get me wrong. He, he, they're not slow by any stretch. You know, you're not an NFL running back if you're slow. But he's not a burner. You know what I mean? He's not going to absolutely. He's not going to just run away from people. But he's going to punish people on first. He's going to be a third down. I mean, if you're in and around the red zone, he's going to sneak some touchdowns. Absolutely, I reckon he's going to get, he can get four, five, maybe even six on the right thingy. I've I've got him going to the Chargers. To, to to compete with uh, Joshua Kelly for that third down back. If Eckler goes, he could even become a feature back. He, he is talented enough to do that. Uh, Jamal Gibbs is very. It's it's because he's such a. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Austin Eckler from the Chargers. The guy is a very very good pass catching back, which is rare coming out of college. People are generally taught they're very very good runners, and you're taught how to catch, you're taught how to run routes. The guy I said the guy caught 50 passes at Alabama. Which doesn't happen. You mean running backs don't? All, all your great ones, your Mark Ingram's, who won the Heisman, everything. They didn't. They just run the ball. They've got. They've got enough talent. You mean you, you can reel off how many wide receivers are playing in the NFL from that team? So for them, for him to be able to get that amount of catching and that amount of the the the, the reps called with his name on him, it's got to be a very very talented young man. But yeah, so I would probably go Austin Eckler probably for uh, Jamal Gibbs. And where's he going? Where's he going? That's that, that that that's tough to be honest because at this moment in time I've I've got him at the end I've got him at the end of the first going to Kansas. I I've got him he, he, I think he could be an absolute machine with Mahomes. You if Mahomes throwing in the ball, he's just he's just gonna light up. He really, really is. I suppose anybody playing with Mahomes could well be a light up, but I I think that that could be a, a big a big upgrade that they could go with the Chiefs this year. They could they, there's a lot of very good tight ends later in the draft for uh, for a Kelsey, you know, something to learn from Kelsey in a few years' time, maybe take over, and but yeah, that, that's where I've got him going at the end of the end of the first. If, if he falls into the second round, is a steal. I say I've got him number five in in, in pure talent in, on my big board. Yeah, it's great. I don't know about you boys, but yeah, there's, uh, th- those last two running backs, I, I didn't know anything about. So I was definitely learning something. And, and it feels like with running backs that with some of these rookie ones, we don't really want to, unless you're mid-eight, we don't really want to be drafting them in fantasy drafts, uh, certainly not too early. So it's a case of when you pick them up throughout the season, you leave it too late and and they've kind of, I don't know, had a 100-yard game and someone else has picked them up as it was ahead of you in waivers. Um, but then you leave it, it's too early and then they're not quite anything for a few weeks. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out with the running backs. Um, all right, so we've left it to last and, and intentionally, but let's have a look at quarterbacks now. So, we don't often see the rookie quarterbacks having too much fantasy relevance, uh, I guess, with them being rookies, the amount of interceptions that they're probably going to throw. Chances are that they're not starters unless it's on a team that's that's probably struggling anyway. I guess that's not necessarily the case with the Panthers this season, that they weren't the worst team in the NFL. That's not why they've got the number one pick. They obviously traded with the Bears. Um, but Albert, talk us through a few quarterbacks that are worth looking out for. Uh, the, fir- the first two, the top two you've got to look for are obviously Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Bryce Young, to me, at- currently is going. He's number one in my mock draft. He's. It's a bit strange apparently what's going on at the Panthers currently. Obviously, I'll talk a bit more in my mock draft, but the-, the the coaches seem to want one player and the front office want a different player. Bryce Young at Alabama last season, he, he was just an assassin. You couldn't get near him. He, he, he's got a very, he's got an absolute cannon for an arm. He can move. He's a more manoeuvrable. He, he just, he just fits balls into windows that you, normal men don't see. He's, he's a very, 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 very talented young man. He's knock. He's the guy's five foot ten, one eighty. You know, what I mean, he's a very, very small. He's Kyler Murray small, if not even smaller. But yeah, he's, he's a very, very, very talented man. I reckon if he goes to the Panthers, he starts. He starts week one. They've got, I think it's uh, Andy Dalton currently penciled in at number one. And 35-year-old Andy Dalton in keeping uh, Bryce Young out of, out of a team for me. 
Yeah, no, I think some of those acquisitions, so what, Miles Sanders at the back, we've touched on it a little bit. Um, it was a tight, they, they picked up a tight end, I think, haven't they? Uh, Hayden Hurst, I think, and then obviously Adam Thielen as well. So a few weapons around him and and, and not a bad defence to start with as well. Uh, go on, Charlie. In terms of that, uh, with you saying it, obviously he's, he's sort of Kyler Murray stature. Um, you'll, you'll be more familiar with this than I am, uh, Albert, but the... Uh, defensive line, are they a similar size as they are in the NFL? Do you think that's going to potentially affect him coming into the NFL with that with his size? Uh, do you think he's still going to be able to do it with the taller players, um, bigger guys? Is he going to be able to? Is it going to be a hindrance to him being uh, the shorter quarterback? It is. Uh, sorry, one second. I get a bit dark, so I can't see. I forgot to put my lights. Sorry about that, gents. Uh, I personally think he. Watching him at Alabama, and I do watch Alabama a lot because there's a lot of football talent. The draft is what I like, and it is. He's currently, and he's just been playing behind. I think three first round and two second round picks. So you you aren't going to get many better offensive lines in the NFL. The the, the hits he takes, it's it's the after effects from him, and it's not the hits he takes for the sacks. Because the sacks, obviously, they know what's coming, they roll with it. It's when the ball's just gone, and it's he, he, he seems to go flying. Because he is, he's giving up 120 pounds, 100, you know, 130 pounds on some of these guys. You know I mean, it's nearly 10 stone, and he he, he looks, he does look like he's he, he takes such a hit and he goes absolutely flying. But his mobility, but obviously, then you get the other side of it where you've got the mobility, so he does avoid some of the hits that a standing quarterback, if you will, would take. But I I, I would a lot of people are saying if if the guy and I've said this to scholar before, if the guy's six one. 200 is the number one pick in any draft. The fact the fact that he's three inches too short and maybe a stone light, is it going to put people off a little bit? A few people a few people aren't sure, but the arm talent's there, the feet talent, he can read, he just goes through his progression so quickly for a college quarterback, he really is. He knows, he knows where the ball's going to go. And as Ash just said there, when you go into an offence with Thielen and you've got DJ Chop, which I think is a very, very underrated signing there. The guy did have a thousand-yard season a couple of years back. Very, very fast, very strong. I, I, I think he could seriously do a job at, at the Panthers if they can keep if they can keep him upright. He, he will do a job. Maybe, maybe a quarterback there for for the bye week, definitely. Um, okay, so you mentioned CJ Stroud as well. So I, I guess maybe don't give it away of where you think he's going to go exactly. But um, but yeah, do you like the look of him coming to the NFL? I do. I, 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 he, if I if I was uh, if I was a GM, he'd be the quarterback. I would be I would be targeting personally. I love Bryce Young. I think the guy's very very good. Uh, CJ Stroud is 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 your prototypical quarterback. He's I mean he's six four, two twenty two thirty. Got an absolute cannon for an arm. He, he looks the part. You know what I mean? He's he's, he's your pocket passer of old. You know what I mean? He's, he's not the most mobile. He can move a little bit with his feet if he needs to, but. He, he he can make all the throws. He, he's he's your prototype for me. He, he, if I was if I was targeting a guy in the uh, in the draft this season, from from your thing, he he would be he would be my number one pick if I were the Panthers. There's rumours of him sliding a little bit because he's failed some kind of personality test or something. Does, yes, How much uh, do you read into this? I've heard a lot about it. That's that's why we were uh, that's why I uh, alluded to the Texans at the beginning of this. It's. The, the, the guy's talent's there to be seen, and I've, you've, you've seen every single season. There's somebody who slips, or somebody who goes down, or I mean, Lamar Jackson can't play quarterback. You know what I mean? You, you, have, you have things every single season where pe- people just second guess themselves to the point where you're just looking up. But just, you know what I mean Justin Fields? The guy, the guy was probably the second. You know I mean, as a 49ers fan, I was screaming for us to take him. Absolutely screaming for us to take him, and we ended up with some. Division two guy, but that's by the by. Like uh, how many people passed on Aaron Rodgers as well? Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he was... again, <laughs> yeah, the Forty Niners. Yeah, we we drafted number one that season. It was great. We'll, we'll, we'll not talk about that though. <laughs> we had Alex Smith, but no, I, he has he has passed and he has passed the personality, but he's literally the first thing that's ever come out that's bad against him. That's a knock on this kid. Apparently, he works hard. He's the first guy in the first guy in the locker room. Hell of a leader. He, he, he seems to tick a lot of boxes. I, I, I would, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't read too much into it. Unfortunately, NFL teams like to overthink this a little bit sometimes. The only knock I would say on CJ Stroud is the talent he has played with at Ohio. 
He will have, he's played with Njigba, he's played with Wilson Alave, and you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. coming out next season, who will be a, a, a top five pick. So he's had four receivers who will possibly all go within the top 15, 18 picks in three drafts. So the talent around him, he won't have going to where, wherever, he, wherever he ends up, whether it's, whether it's Texans, whether it is the Panthers, whether it's later on in the draft. You're probably not going to have the wide receiver talent that he had at Ohio State. And a little bit of somebody's talking is whether or not they can, whether or not they carried him a little bit or not. Could be the next Bo Callahan. Just a little reference to my my favourite film of all time that I'll be watching before the draft this week. Yeah, but I've got it out ready for tomorrow, Bob. <laughs> Swiftly moving on, uh, third uh, third quarterback, Albert. Uh, the third one you've got to do. Everyone's got to. Do, you've got to talk about him at some point. And Anthony Richardson coming out of Florida. He's, again, an incredibly divisive football player right now. The, the guy's a specimen. You can't argue. Again, he's 6'4", 240, runs like the wind. Got an absolute cannon for an arm. Got probably the strongest arm in the entire draft. Can make every throw. The problem is the guy doesn't really, sometimes doesn't know where he's throwing it. He can't read defences. He struggles to read. He takes sacks because he's so big and he thinks he can shrug off these guys. He takes sacks that he doesn't need to. Misses wide open. Uh, again, I told you, you can look through different films. I'll, I'll, I'll advise you. You can look through Kentucky. That's when he's at his best. He absolutely shredded Kentucky for an entire game. They couldn't get near him. He just running ragged, threw the ball where he wanted to. And everyone thought, whoa, here we go. We've got a Heisman Trophy candidate. Turned up to the next game against the Utes, Utah, and looked, genuinely looked like he'd never played football before. It was an absolute, it was a horrific display. They, they was, they was, they, well, they were look, the fans were calling for him to be pulled. And now he's a first-round pick because... He's an, he's an absolute athlete. He's, he's the, again, he's a very, very boom or bust. There's, there's three or four prospects in this draft that are that could well be the, be the best in their position, or possibly even Hall of Famers, or they could be three years and out of the league. Where does he have to go to be fantasy relevant this season? He has to go to a... <laughs> I personally don't see him going... As high as some as he as, as as some mock drafters, he has to go to a team where he, he needs he needs two years. He, he needs like like Aaron Rodgers did under Favre, or he needs that he needs somebody to teach him basically how to play quarterback. Strangely enough, the best fit for him, and he ain't going to drop that far, would be the Ravens because he's Lamar is probably as close to him as you can get. Lamar is a better thrower, but he's he, he very very he's very similar to Cam Newton, but without the accuracy. Uh, for him to be fantasy relevant this year, it, it basically he is waiting for a number one to get hurt, unless somebody like Tennessee or you know decide or just decide that they've had enough of Tannehill and they, they do decide to just completely go into rebuild. They, they may trade a lot of talk about Henry being traded and just going into complete rebuild mode. So if if they're going to somewhere that just decides to completely restart and say, well, he's our starter three years and that's it, it doesn't matter what he does. He could throw twenty interceptions. He's still going to be our guy. He's going to put up numbers on the ground. He's going to, I mean, if if because he, he's just going to be running away from people because he's, I don't think he's a good enough quarterback for the NFL. He should have gone back to Florida for another year. He came out early for what for whatever reasons he chose to do that. That's absolutely fine. But fantasy relevance this year will be with his feet. Absolutely, he'll be brought in on like like Jacoby Brissett did for the Browns. Last year. He will be brought in on third down, and yeah, quarterback draws. You're going to have to you're going to have to design part of your playbook around this guy. He's, he's, if you if you draft him, he's too talented probably to just leave on the sideline completely for a year. He's he's too athletic, too athletic. I think we talked we spoke about that in previous episodes, haven't we? That um, for fantasy relevance, you'd probably prefer a quarterback like that. You'd prefer Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, who did so well last season. I guess outside your Mahomes, uh, your Josh Allen's, who who can kind of do it all really. If you're looking at one who's good with the legs or just sits there in the pocket and throws it. Fantasy wise, Richardson sounds like a much, much better player and, and probably drafted a lot higher, maybe in the next few seasons, than the likes of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Um, but absolutely, let, let's wait and see where he gets drafted, what team he fits, and, and see if he starts or not. If he doesn't, then then it's yeah, probably not even worth talking about it at all. Uh, Albert, there, brilliantly, yeah, really interesting, and a few names there that I'd not even thought of before. So, in terms of the, the kind of picks for running back, wide receiver, and quarterback, We'll leave that on there.
Okay, so moving on now to second part of this episode. Uh, and Albert, take us through your mock draft uh, positions one to ten. Right, so number one, obviously, Carolina made a big splash. They've got a massive, they've gone all in. They, they, they want their guy. Uh, there's a little bit of, div- uh, I say, a little bit of division in the community at the moment. I've got Bryce Young, the guy we just spoke about. I reckon the the front owner is a very charismatic, very charismatic man. I think the coaches are looking at CJ Stroud. They want more of a pocket passer type of guy. But I reckon Bryce Young's going to be the guy for for the reasons I've just talked about. The guy, the guy can throw. He can make any throw. Carolina aren't aren't as bad. I think I don't think as their draft position showed last season. I think they they were a few positions away from being a decent team. And I think I definitely think Bryce Young can help them at number one. Lovely stuff, uh, and yeah, you talked about that, and it seems like it's definitely not nailed on at all. But but he seems to be the popular pick in in most professional mock drafts as well. Uh, number two is uh, Texans. It is, and this is a, this is what's making the mock draft so difficult this season. Is the Texans? No one actually knows what they're going to do. The everybody said, oh yeah, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, whichever one the Panthers don't take, they go to. I mean, they, they, they go straight to the Texans. Everybody's that's it, done dusted. But over the last five days, maybe a week, they've kind of come out and gone what they, what like they did a few years ago with Mario Williams. They said, well, we're going to go defensive line first. We, we, we think we can get our we, we think we can get our quarterback later in the draft. Be interesting to see whether they can or not. So but, so that's thrown everybody's everybody who's been mock drafting and talking about it. No, nobody expect nobody saw this coming. Everybody said it was serious round, Bryce Young one and two. And that's what it is. You know I mean, I know I'm in a forum where people put big money on the fact that they're going to be the top two, and uh, they're a little bit worried about it now. So I've currently got Will Anderson from Alabama. He's a defensive end. Call him the Terminator. He's very, very similar to Aiden Hutchinson was last season. He's he's a he's a ready-made tackle. He's going to come out. He's going to he's going to, he's he's just a very, very good football player. Everybody knows what you're going to get. There isn't a massive amount of upside room. Everybody knows what you're going to get. But he's been a four-year starter at Alabama. Defensive linemen don't start a freshman at Alabama. But he did, so there must be something special there. So I think he's going to go number two to the Texans currently. Yeah, great comparison. If he's anything like Aidan Hutchinson, then, uh, then yeah, he'll have a great season next year. Uh, so number three, I, I guess maybe similar to the Texans, but Cardinals, certainly not in need of a quarterback, possibly trading out of there. Um I think, what do you yeah, think? Absolutely. I think if, if Will Anderson goes at number two, as seems to be the uh, the little rumour at the moment, uh, again, Will Anderson is Tyree Wilson, who's the other one, who's going to be one of the defensive ends if they don't go with CJ Stroud. There is talk of a lot of a lot of teams, even coming from very, very deep back, trying to get into that number three position. Uh, there's talk of the Colts moving up to three just to just to protect until they can choose who they want. Uh, the Redskins, you've got, you've, you've got a lot of people uh, in New England, uh, Buccaneers, they've even been talking Buccaneers and I don't know how they're going to get that package together to come from, how far back they are to try and get up to three, I don't know how many picks they'd have to give up or what players they'd have to give up for that, but there's, you know, I mean, Tennessee Tennessee are definitely going to be looking at it there's even talk, I've heard, of the Raiders wanting to, I know they just signed Garoppolo but Garoppolo, as a 49ers fan, will take you so far and only do you so much, there is talk of them going up and getting a guy to sit behind Garoppolo for two or three seasons and then come in and replace him finally so yeah, at three, it's very, very, it's it's up in the air at the moment. It really, really is for people trading in. I've currently got the other defensive end, going uh, to Terry Wilson at the moment, going there to help him with the defensive line. Obviously, JJ Watt's finished, so they they need somebody to replace that. They they need somebody to come in again. The guy the guy's six foot seven. He's two fifty five. He's, he's an absolute monster. Oh sorry, two seventy five. He's 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 a huge huge man with a lot of upside. A lot of upside. He played a he played good college football. Didn't play for one of your big you know, your, your top twenty five teams. So people are wondering how much. At the end of the day, you can teach you can teach people to play football. You can't teach someone to be six foot seven and two hundred and seventy five pound and move. So a lot a lot a lot of a lot of drafters are are very very interested in him. You know what I mean? He's 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 a very very intriguing prospect. No, good. Don't sound like a like a great place. The people want to be at the minute with the Cardinals, uh, I guess, with new GM, new head coach, uh, and Buda Baker even requesting a trade out of there. So, um, so yeah, hopefully, whoever gets drafted in that position is is more thrilled about it than than Buda Baker is to be there at the minute. Uh, pick number four belongs to the Colts. What are you saying for that? For the Colts, uh, a very very safe pick, CJ Stroud, as we spoke about. 
the Colt, if, if CJ Stroud drops to four, then the, the Colt pull the could pull the pull the gun for me. It's it's a no-brainer. They, they are taking quarterback. They, they, they have to. You know what I mean? Gardner Minshew. I you know mean, he's fun to watch and he's an entertaining man. But he ain't going to win you. He he, he's going to he's going to keep you in football games. He's not going to win your football games. So they're they're definitely going quarterback. Whichever one they go to, I've currently got them going CJ Stroud. Pick number five for the Seahawks. Lots of mock drafts suggesting the likes of Anthony Richardson or maybe another quarterback to back up Geno Smith. But what do you reckon? I've currently got Jalen Carter going there, the defensive tackle from Georgia. He's the second what person who I would call elite. The, the, what I would class as two elite prospects in this draft is Jalen Carter and Bijan Robinson. Jalen Carter, to me, though, he's got a lot of character concerns. He's had, he's had a recent arrest problems. He... He turned up to his workout nearly two stone overweight. So there's a lot of character concerns coming out with this young man. But talent-wise, he's, he's up there with your Indomitian Sues. You know what I mean? They're Aaron Donald, these people. is an absolute thing. The, the big knock, because at one point he was the number one pick. Everybody thought he was going to go number one. He's that talented. But you put the film on and he's going against people who aren't as talented as him. He's going against guards and centres and getting single-teamed single on some of these people. And... He's not making. He's he's got thirty tackles, I think, and three sacks last season. Quinn and Williams, when he came out from Alabama, had nearly you know, had over ten sacks. Aaron Donald, nearly ten sacks. You know, what I mean, these the, these top tier defensive tackles, which he which he has got the talent to be, have got have got a lot more film. Had a lot better film coming out, and he just doesn't seem to. He's got the body and he's got the talent, and everybody knows, but he just doesn't seem to put it on the field for me. But I think somebody in somebody in the top five. If you get him again, he's another one. As I said earlier, he's going to be either a Hall of Fame guy, or again, he's going to be three years eat himself out of the league. He's going to be three sixty, and nobody will ever hear from him again. He wants mm. to go in the top ten because he's only met with the top ten sides, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's a very apparently. That's what I mean. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of talk. I think it's something somebody said. Well, obviously you hear a lot of hearsay, but some people maybe like ten or even twelve of the actual teams have took him completely off their board. They don't want anything to do. Even if he slides, they just don't want anything to do with him. Apparently, the entourage and the people he's not doing he hangs around with and he's got around him are not good people. Then a lot of teams are just really, really not. There's a, there's a massive divide of people going, well, he's, he's too talented to ignore. And a lot of people going, well, I don't care how talented he is. D'Amico Ryan's at the Texans just said, I, I don't want anything to do with him. You know what I mean? Straight away, he said, I'm the coach. I, that, that is not somebody I would want on my defence straight away. So he's a very, very divisive character. But I've currently got him going to the Seahawks, who have in the past always taken very divisive characters. You look back to Michelle Lynch, Chancellor. I mean, they've, you know, the Legion of Boom was was based on people who everyone said, "Well, you're not going to make it," and that's that's where they had their chip from. But yeah, that, that's currently where I've got going. He could go higher, and he could he could even drop into the teens. But it'd be interesting to see where he goes. I've currently got him going five. So another team a little bit like that then uh, being the Lions picking number six, I guess that have traditionally gone for some with potential character issues and, and got it wrong a lot of the times. But who, you, who do you think they're picking with number six this year? Yeah, I completely agree with you. But I feel under Dan Campbell, they've, they've got a bit of a, a different ethos going on. They Over the last few years, they've drafted what, what best player available, BPA, and not really bothered about who who it is, what type of position. Like, well, if you're good enough to play football, you're going you're gonna to play for the Lions. I've currently got Bijan going there, Bijan Robinson. I, I think if he goes to if he goes to the Lions, Goff will have a very similar offense to what he had uh, with the Rams. You've got Sam Brown there. You've got, you mean, you've, you've got a very, very good. They're going, I think they're going to pick a tight end up. As a, I think, as we'll speak about later, there's a lot of good tight ends in this draft uh, to replace Hawkinson. I, I, I reckon there. If they don't go Bijan, they're going to go with probably Witherspoon, the a cornerback to go up to play opposite Sutton, who they've just signed, but. I currently got to go in Robinson. I think he's too he's too good a prospect, and DeAndre Swift, as good as he is and as talented as a player he is, he's just injury prone. The guy the guy can't stay on the field for sixteen games. They've just got rid of uh, eighteen games. They just got rid of Williams, so they've got no backup back really there. They've got no short yardage back there to take the pressure off Swift. So it'd be uh, that, that, that I personally think that's that, that's that's where Bijan starts really. They've just picked up Montgomery, Detroit. Yeah. Do you think he? Do you think he gets in in front of him? I know he didn't. He's not had a great year last year, but he's still pretty talented. He's, 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 a, he's a good football player. He's a good football player. And again, I think that's going to be the only, only the Detroit front office is going to know how 
much how invested they are in DeAndre Swift. That that's the that's the big thing. If they're all in on him, then Bijan's not going to be the guy. They're going to probably go cornerback, and do you mean that's the end of this conversation? If they think that Swift is probably never going to be that guy, then then to me they take Bijan Robinson because he is he is the feature back. He will be the feature back for the for I'd say for eight ten years. And, and that's it. Montgomery will, Montgomery will spell him. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And he's good enough back to do that. But he's too good of a, to me, he's too good of a prospect to people to miss out on him. He, he can improve almost any team in the NFL. Yeah, I had, uh, I had DeAndre Swift on my fantasy team last season and was and was very excited to have him until until Jamal Williams kind of picked up all of his touchdowns kind of from five yards in. And then there'd be some games where, where yeah, Swift looks like Eckler, McCaffrey... Um, and then, like you say, other games did just did just barely use him, and there's obviously some sort of injury going off if he, if he even suited up at all. Okay, so following the Lions is is the Raiders. So who do you think they're picking with number seven? Uh, at the Raiders currently, I'm I'm saying that they're going in a bit harder on Garoppolo than what some people think. I've gone taking a tackle, uh, Paris Johnson, the left tackle. He's a he's a pure left tackle. He's probably the he's the best pure tackle in the in the draft. Very talented, six foot, you know. Six foot six, two at three fifteen. Very very long arms. His approach typical left tackle needs to be a little bit stronger in the run game for me. Needs to blow a few, you know, knock some people about for the size of him. But he's a very very good. He could he could be a very very good left tackle. The other outside one that I've got out there as the other one is Richardson. I think he'll be a good it'll be a good fit to go to the Raiders. He got Garoppolo. They've got they've got a game manager. They've got a guy. Who's they don't say he's going to win your football games? He can get you to the postseason. As I say, a 49ers fan, I've watched Jimmy take as as far as he could possibly go, and it allows you to bring uh, Richardson in on them packages for running plays. If you, I mean, third and third and shorts, or if you want him in the goal line situations, whatever you've you've got you've got you've got time with Garoppolo. Jimmy's not going to lose you any football games, so he could it could be an, that could be like the first place I see Richardson going. And then next up with pick number eight is the Falcons. The Falcons like, like to put, putting together a bit of a team with a couple of additions on defense uh, and then an offense, I guess, carrying on from what they'd had with the rookie running back, rookie wide receiver last season. Who do you think they're picking? The Falcons I've got going uh, Peter Skronsky. He's a tackle from uh, Northwestern. Uh, again, a very, very talented man. Uh, he only gave up one sack all last season in something ridiculous like 500 snaps from a, from a spread offense. Uh, the slight knock on him is he's got a slightly shorter arm, so people think he's going to probably move to right tackle. I actually see him starting at guard. I've seen him very much as a Zach Martin for the Cowboys, where they drafted him. Everyone thought he was going to play right tackle, and then he just became an all-pro guard. I think all of a sudden he just, he just shows that up. They've got to give Desmond Ritter a chance at the Falcons. That's what they've done. That's what they seem to be the play there. So, therefore, you need to keep him upright. They've got weapons now. They've got Drake London from last season, who I think is going to have a bit. I've got, a, I've got him having a breakout season for the Falcons. If they can keep Ritter upright, and I think I think Peter Skronsky can really, really help there. Yeah, in a wide open NFC South as well. Um, and then going up north, uh, so Chicago Bears at pick number nine. Who have you got for them? Uh, the Chicago Bears are. Is that's where it gets very, very interesting. Unfortunately, it, 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 basically they take they can take Wilson, who if he if he if if uh, the Texans don't go defensive line. Uh, they've got, and they're going to take. Basically, they want they want defense, they want offensive line out. They're hoping one of them tackles do drop to him. So I've, I've, I'm currently a little bit grey area, unfortunately, with the Bears. I'd like to be a little bit more sure for you guys. I really would, but I've currently got whoever isn't taken above them. The Bears will, the Bears will take. To be fair, the Bears are shopping to trade further back again. From what from what there seems to be the chat in the uh, in the draft community, the Bears want to go back into the mid teens. And pick up more draft capital. They, they, they need help. They, you mean they could take a cornerback? They've, they've got so so many holes on the on the Bears team. It's so difficult to try and pick and pinpoint one person. Any any of the top picks, any of the top cornerbacks could could make a, a difference there. Any of the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, they'll they'll take what they'll, I think they'll take best basically defensive player personally. Yeah, it looks like they've, they've kind of started making moves. I guess with trading, trading out of that number one pick, and, and Fields obviously played well for what he could do absolutely, last season. Absolutely, they just they just need to they need to help him. They need to help him. DJ Moore's I think going to be a very good receiver for him. I really do. I think I think he was very very underutilized in uh, Carolina. I think he's a very talented, very talented wide receiver. But 
there's a lot of holes. You don't you don't you don't finish worst team in the NFL if they've usually not got any holes on your uh, on your team. So basically, for me, they're going best player available. They're, they're hoping one of the tackles fall to them. In, in my draft, they don't. So they're going to they, they will. I've got I've got them currently taking uh, Gonzalez, the cornerback. But they they will take basically whoever falls to them. Good stuff. Um, okay, and then number ten pick is the Eagles. So who are we picking? Excite me. <laughs> I've got you taking a, uh, a defensive end, Luke Van Ness. Uh, he's two six foot five, two seventy. Hargrave's gone, so you're going to have to bring. He's, he's that in between. He's, he's a third down. He's a third down defensive tackle, pass rusher. He's going to play on the end for the first two. He's a three down guy. Very strong. Very very aggressive. Really, really likes to get after the quarterback. I think he had something like twelve, maybe fourteen sacks last season. Can can really, really move. And as I say, it's that sub package that they really, that see people seem to really like with him. He's big enough to not just stay on the end. They can move him inside to play like a rush defensive tackle on third down. And I, I've I've had him I've had him pending there for got to be three or four weeks now for uh, for the Eagles. Nice, yeah, and. Uh... And Sirianni does quite like that kind of defensive line and how he rotates it. And, and I guess with an aging Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Yeah, Brandon Graham uh, probably forever, unfortunately. Yeah, no, they maybe need some help there. Um, good stuff. So that's the top 10. Um, and then just kind of off cuff, really, I'm sure you've got everything penned out there. Let's touch on, let's go to Steelers. So who have you got picking for the Steelers to pick up in the first round? And, and have they got bigger hands than Kenny Pickett? <laughs> Uh, the Steelers again. I've, I've had him pending there for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I can't see past him. He's uh, Joey Porter's son, Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback. He's very range. He's very tall. He's a big guy. His dad played for the Steelers. You know, what I mean, the Steelers are very, very much a, a family franchise. You know, what I mean, they're, they're, they're guys. You know, stay stay part of the Steeler family, as they call it, type of thing. And I think if he's there, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer pick for them. I really do. Oh, and he's Penn State as well, actually, isn't he? So he's uh, yep, he's a homeboy. Yeah, he's home he's state right there. And then, and then Browns first round pick. Have you done a third round draft mock draft? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm getting, I'm getting to me, well, I'm getting to me fifth round draft. Don't worry, don't worry, Scully, we're good. Oh, of course, yeah, you, you got rid of everything, everything, didn't you? Oh, no, we, we did as season, well. I mean, so. I mean, we're in the same boat. We're in the same. Boat. <laughs> Uh, very good. All right, good stuff. Uh, okay, well that's it for for kind of mock drafts and what have you. And then just lastly, really, while we while we have still got you, um, give us a wild card. Give us someone to look out for that that again, no one else is really talking about. Just one player. I think the I think the player the the rookie that's really going to make a difference is a, a tight end called Kincaid. He he shone through last season. He he was part of a two tight end system. The the the, the, the second tight end got hurt. And he became the feature guy. He's got a chance to maybe even go top 14, 15. I think he could, again, he could even go to Green Bay as high as 13. He's a pass catching tight end. He can block a bit, but the guy can seriously make an impact. You know, day one. He's a very, very good route runner. You know what I mean? He's got good hands. I'd see more of a, as, a, as, a, as an actual receiving tight end rather than a blocking. He's not going to be a George Kittle type of guy. He's not, he doesn't look like he fights in the trenches as much, but Fantasy wise, you don't want him fighting in the trenches. You want him pass, catching uh, catching passes, and I, I think he's going to be the main pass catching tight end of of potentially four that go in the first round. Well, yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's kind of an influx of kind of Kelsey's, Kittles, uh, Mark Andrews, that type of player that are rubbing off really, and now that kind of getting through high school players and maybe wanting to be tight ends. It's not it's not a failed wide receiver, and it's not a I don't know an offensive lineman that can catch anymore. It's someone who wants to be a tight end. So, so yeah, maybe it's a sign of things to come. Um, Albert, thanks ever so much for joining us. I guess we'll keep an eye on the draft uh, Thursday night or Friday morning for us. Uh, keep an eye on the picks and what, whatever else, and we'll definitely have you back on when the season begins as well. No, oh, lovely. Thank you for having us. And there we have it. A little insight for fantasy football pre-draft. Hope you enjoyed listening to a fourth voice this episode. Let us know what you think. Any suggestions for topics or even guests on hello at twotoms1ash.com. And I'll leave you with the greatest introduction of a draft pick of all time. See you next time. Champs, divisional champs, and...
Go, go, go! 